started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. A, um, a a nice segment. Uh, I appreciate Jack and um, and Arthur coming in, and of course Ted Nisi as always. Um, you know, uh, Marcus, I think I think maybe Arthur glossed over it a little bit, but w- during the break I was talking with him. He worked here in the 1980s for yeah. the Standard Times. Yeah, um, he has a real knowledge of the area, um, and then he did a, you know a stint down in Baltimore, um, but now he's back. But my my point being is that he was here for a number of years he at, was. at the Standard Times. Yeah, um, as Jack has been here for for a number of years now as well. Um, so there is a you know while he's a new name for a lot of us, um, he does have a, a deep institutional knowledge of the area. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, and, and, uh, you know, what I like is that he's got the institutional knowledge of the area. He's coming back, uh, you know, sort of wet behind the ears about, uh, who's who here, right? which I think makes for, for good reporting, yes. honestly. And, um, and has that, uh, like worked at a major, major newspaper, the Baltimore Sun. Yes. But, but just to give you, you older folks in the audience, uh, um, an idea, he was here, for the Big Dan's rape trial, um, and he was one of the one of the many field reporters. It wasn't really his his story, but he was one. He did do some coverage of it, but I mean, that's a major point in New Bedford history. Yeah, you know, as you look back on the landmark of things, there's other, there's other cases. Certainly, there's much better cases, but you know, unfortunately, if it bleeds, it leads, and yeah. we do remember those things. But just to give you an idea, the, the Arthur Hirsch was here for that major moment in time. Unlike you, Marcus, who wasn't. I was not born yet. <laughs> I, you weren't born yet. I was yet. not born yet. And I was a child, a real yeah. child back then. But I remember it. Anyway. Well, what, what year was it? He was talking. He was here. It was in the 80s, early yeah, 80s. I was born in 89, so yeah, yeah good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, wasn't around. Right. So um, so 508 is how you can join us on the program uh, this evening. We'll also take your messages on WBSM app. I saw some calls. Uh, that came through, but we were in the zone. So. We, we, we a, it was a very fun segment. I hope people appreciate it. Yeah, it was. It was a fun segment, and it's definitely one that I really want to continue with with both of them here. Uh, it'll 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 be a, it'll be a good time. So, and, and again, folks, um, watch the watch the John Mitchell uh, interview on Channel Twelve. So good. The thing I think you folks should should appreciate at home is that you're getting you're getting a lot more attention than you've ever gotten before. All right. Uh, the media, New Bedford, the greater New Bedford area is getting a lot more, getting television coverage, Boston coverage, um, political news. It, really, there's a lot more coverage uh, of this area, and that's good. That's good all the way around. Absolutely. Um, so 508-996-0500, a lot of the, the conversations that were in Newsmakers, too, stuff that, like I said, it was an opportune time to have a, a good long-form chat with the mayor because there is a lot going on, a lot shaping up. Um, you know, there is, you can go to WBSM.com and, and check out some of the articles that we have up Um you know, a lot of that's, it's, you know, what I, when I write, I, I write about stuff that we talk about here on the show, um, you know, including the more I'd pay raise amendments, including the, the sort of 
brutal uh, hearing for Carol Pimentel, who was um, Mayor Mitchell's pick for the Votech School Committee, uh, and was rejected in a five to four vote. Um, if the council wasn't undermanned, she probably would have passed. Um, but uh, it did, you know. Look, once un- unfortunately, um, absentees have really started to matter on the council. Yeah, you know, Hugh Dunn did the right thing. Um, he recognized he wasn't able to keep his commitment, so he resigned the seat so someone else can come in and take it over and and, and better represent the area. He's got a better career opportunity. <clears throat> you can't hold it against him, uh, or you can. It doesn't really matter. He left. Um, you know, he, right? He's got. He, he, you know, he so was at a boss. He's at a Boston law firm, and he, I don't think when he took that job, he realized as much time as it would take. Um, but that's yeah. the way it is. So anyway. Um, but once again, absenteeism is having a big effect. It, it is, but you know the thing is, is is the the counselors that were there. There was a lot of like reasoning about why they. And again, we talked about this. That, you know, not every person that Mayor Mitchell uh, has appointed or nominated is entitled to an appointment. In fact, you know, Carol Pimentel is not the first person to be rejected by the council. Correct, but. Um, it's surrounding an issue that is has broad statewide implications, and that is Voketech school. The 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 years long battle between Mitchell and Greater New Bedford Volk and Gateway City Mayors and their vocational schools on the admissions policies at Volk schools. And um, I have an article up. I talked to I talked to the counselors. Most of the counselors that voted against. Uh, Miss uh, Miss Pimentel, I talked with Mike Watson, who's the director superintendent. He gave me a very complete, uh, thorough answer on how he felt about it, and I, I actually thought a lot of his 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 points were 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 reasonable sure. um, in in a lot of regards. Um, but there is still the issue that as of now, and we'll see what this new admission policy brings. But as of now, Votech's student body isn't representative of the population of the sending districts. So one of the things, Marcus, that I, that, I, that I've you know I've been following this issue at Voke, but what was enlightening to me is that it's not just the New Bedford district. A lot more kids want to go to vocational technical high schools now than yeah. have ever really wanted to go. Before. You know, I know there's a lot of people who say they want to go there because it's almost like a private school and, and they want to not go to the high school. Yeah, but I can tell you that out in the Freetown Lakeville area, there are a lot more kids than ever before yeah. who now want to go to Old Colony, mm-hmm. um, who who normally wanted to go to Pontiac or just decided to go to Pontiac because that was their option. Kids who kids who would have normally go to Old Rochester are now looking at Old Colony, yeah. and those schools are not don't have issues with gangs and things like that that you that you may think a city school has. So it's not. For the reasons that some people in the city of New Bedford say they don't want to send their kids to the high school, which may be outlandish to begin with. But anyway, my point being is that this seems to be a trend. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, it may be time to build another high school. Another yeah. vocational technical high school or, for or, New Bedford. Or not build it, but expand. There you go. Expand it, whatever it is. You, you know, it was interesting when the primary was going on for all the statewide offices, I had... Eric Lesser on. He was running in the Democratic primary for uh, lieutenant governor. He's state senator from um, Springfield, Longmeadow, Western Mass. 
And one of his, what I thought was a really interesting proposal at the time and makes a lot more sense now was he wanted to end the wait list at Vogue schools and expand it. He said not only would that obviously do a lot for students seeking different educational opportunities, but uh, would do a lot to uh, ameliorate the slack labor market that we have with trades. Mm -hmm. And one of the points that Councilor Burgo had brought up in the city council meeting with uh, uh, for Miss Pimentel's hearing, and he was, he's been the most vocal advocate for her and for the change in Vogue admissions policy was a lot of the trades, uh, a lot of students that are going to Vogue aren't actually doing the trades that you think of mechanics and, and, and uh, sort of the, you know, uh, you know, the hammer and wrench type of, type right. of jobs. And so like I was at, um, I was at an antique store. I saw a student with a Vogue sweatshirt, and it had said "Law" on it. Okay. And so, you know, I'm I'm a lawyer, so I was right. just like, "Are you trying to, you know, are you going to be a lawyer? No, I want to be a, a, a federal agent. Um, this is the law program that they have in Vogue. So, I, I thought that was interesting. It's cool that they have those opportunities. They have a sure. media program. They have a media program. We have interns there that are here in the studio. Taylor Cormier. Um, Taylor Cormier, exactly. Taylor Cormier um, is a Vogue grad. Uh, but, but, but. You know, there is still a need for the, the 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 need that those schools primarily are supposed to fill is is getting those getting those trades. However, the, the one thing I think is 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 interesting is that they ask you in the seventh and eighth grade to select a shop, right? Mm -hmm. How in the world in the eighth grade can you decide you want to be an auto mechanic for the rest of your life or a carpenter or something like that? So I do find that the fact that kids take that initial education. And then don't end up in that trade. Yeah, um, it doesn't really surprise I, I, me. I mean, know? I didn't think I'd end up here, right? <laughs> so think about it. you went to law school, and now you're on talk radio. And I didn't decide I wanted to go to law school until I was a sophomore in college. Right? Someone, a, a, a professor, brought it up to me. You're an adult at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. exactly. I was I was 21 years old. So the fact <laughs> yeah. that a kid might go to the auto shop, you know, or, or become a machinist, something like that, and then get out and decide, you know, really, I, I don't want to do that. Doesn't surprise me. So, and uh, this is worth noting because I've been Mayor Mitchell's been hitting Voke on this. And and by the way, the the new Voke uh, admissions policy that they passed on December thirteenth, I believe, it was like a six to two vote. Okay. The new Voke admissions policy that they had passed was that the the previous one to you know to try to comply with the new DESI standards was five hundred students through their selective criteria. The remaining sixty five would be a lottery. Right. Okay. That didn't work. He, uh, Superintendent Watson did say that it was they had improved on their uh, the number of special education students they had. They're hoping to build on it. But what they're trying to do now is put the lottery on the front end, but still have the uh, selective criteria that is less stringent than the previous selective criteria. But I still think you're running into the same problems. I think Mayor Mitchell, uh, Mayor Mitchell um, has said that to me. He said that to me when I was I came to the studio to talk to him. He said that to me. Um, same thing. He says he, he thinks the straight lottery is the only equitable thing to do. Um, I Look, I, I think that I mean, the mayor's hardly a radical, you know. He's not trying to blow up yeah. the way things have been. Mm -hmm. He's trying to improve them yeah. with a with an eye towards equity. Yes. And with the reality that if you don't do it yourself, you very well could have it imposed on you. Yes, exactly. And, you know, I, I use the case of busing in Boston. It's not a perfect example, but it's certain, you know, nothing focuses the mind like a hanging, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, it's, it is a example of what happens 
when an outside entity comes in and imposes their view yes. on a community, it's not good. No, it's not good. Um, and and I, I did the, the 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 one other point I wanted to make because uh, one of the statistics Mayor Mitchell does hit on is, hit them on is the ELL students, and it is a massive discrepancy that does need to be fixed. Thirty mm-hmm. percent of New Bedford's uh, student population is ELL, yes. right? Uh, English language learners. Thank you. Four um, percent of Vogue's population is ELL. They had fewer ELL students uh, enter in this new class with their with their old uh, criteria than they did when they had their original criteria. As the mayor says, you ask any civil rights lawyer, he said, that, that those statistics are a lawsuit waiting to happen. And, and Mayor Mitchell's a Harvard grad and a U.S. attorney, so right. he, you know, I think he's got a pretty good opinion on that. <laughs> right. But what, what Superintendent Watson did say to me is that one of the things that he's been there for about 18 months, and one of the things that I just want all the, I just want the complete, you know, discourse out there. That's fair. Uh, one of the things he said to me was he's been there for about 18 months. And in that time, he had hired uh, three positions uh, basically with the the first of their kind with the purpose of uh, having a community outreach to um, ELL students. And what he wants to do is have them go to New Bedford Public Schools uh, and speak to them about the benefits of vocational education if they're able to get that outreach. Because right now, students of every demographic are applying at about a 50% clip from the sending districts for Haven Dart within New Bedford. But ELL students are only applying at a 27% clip. He said, if that gets closer to 50% and they're still having the, the discrepancies in ELL, then he said, then we're going, then maybe we need to have the conversations that everybody wants us to have. So that's his position on it. If they can get out, they can get them more to apply and then see how that works. Then they can, then they can move towards that. I, I we'll see if that we'll see, we'll, we'll see, you know, how that, how that, uh, how that plays out. It's certainly a rational approach. I agree. Right? It's certainly a rational approach. I agree. Is it the kind of approach that, that is quick enough? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, you know, change isn't always the best if it's done quickly. Right? Yeah. Uh, these are children we're talking about. Yeah. You know? These are... This This is a very but, sensitive subject. But what, I, what I want to be clear about, too, in, in this whole discussion is that... And I asked him straight up... Uh, if he had he, if he had talked to any of the city councilors about the school committee appointment, and he said, um, he said, you know, I'm not commenting on politics. I'll leave the politics to the politicians. We're letting the data drive the conversation, and that uh, he's, you know, he's work, he's going to work with any school committee member that they, you know, that they that the city council sends. Okay, but it doesn't change the fact that those city councilors, by and large, voted against. Miss Pimentel, because of her position on the admission standards, and Marcus, I, I think I think this this is worth repeating. They never ask questions of, of nominees, generally speaking. No, they did this time. They did this time. Yeah. Not only did they hold up her thing, not only did they, and they generally don't vote against people. Most of the time, they don't. They just vote them through. Mm-hmm. Not only did they vote Everybody against her, and by the way, they have every right in the world to. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they ask questions. I want them to ask questions. I wish they'd ask more questions. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that they were asking her questions about votes she'll be taking in the future, should yeah. they have approved her. So I think that's all good. For, you know, that's all to the good, but it's unique. It Let's is, not pretend it's not it, unique. It is unique. This type of um, really like uh, Senate Judiciary style grilling uh, was right. was was unique to the council. And, and we've had, you know, I had Naomi Carney and she talked about the close ties she has with Vogue. And she literally said to me, I don't want the culture to change. Right. 
she doesn't want the admission to change, even though they have to. She doesn't like it. She doesn't want it to change anymore uh, at that at that point. So, you know, this is going to be an ongoing conversation. It doesn't stop here, even though Vox has approved the new admissions policy that they're going to see how that plays out. Um, I know there's a new chief in town in terms of Desi. Desi, there's no mechan- there is no procedure or policy in place right now for Desi to uh, to intercede with a with an a, with a uh, with a, an admissions policy to say nope, you got to scrap it and re- before it's implemented. That doesn't mean that you know it's an executive office. They can it's a regulation mm-hmm. and regulations can be made without legislative approval. So that doesn't mean that they can't. Right. And that's kind of where we're at. We do have a new sup- school superintendent who is the who was I mean a new uh, education secretary who was a school superintendent in a Gateway City district. So we'll see how it plays out. Particularly when Desi has a letter from the mayor. Yeah. Well, the mayor's position. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> That's what I'm trying to, you know, say to the to the people who are trying to fight this. Yeah, who's going to fight with you? Right. The mayor recognizes the problem, and it's again, it's a new administration. You know, I think one that would be more sympathetic to what the mayor's saying. And even with the old administration, the mayor was able to effectively advocate for this. I mean, he was. I, it's not an exaggeration to say these policies changed because of him. Right. He got 23. He's a other, leader. Here. He's, yeah, he's got 23 other mayors to sign a letter. He had the Mass Municipal Association to join in with him, other uh, education advocacy organizations. So he is the leader on this, and it's something that uh, he's not going to give up on. Another reason why I ultimately think we're going to see him run for re-election, mm-hmm. I think, because there's still as much as has been accomplished in his long tenure, I think there's still stuff, there's still work left to be done. Marcus, for him to not run for re-election would, in effect, be saying he's done with politics. I think so. And I don't think he's done with politics. I don't think he's done with politics. I think he likes the job that he's doing, and I think if he can stay in it and if another opportunity presents itself, it will. I think that as, as, we, as we talked with Ted Nisi, and I, and I think we should continue this conversation, as we will, John Mitchell, when you start to break down the congressional district that we live in, yeah, is the top tier of candidates. Mm-hmm. Not saying he's the only one; he's certainly yeah. not the only one. And there's a potential for even a Republican candidate. But if you look, Tim Cruz, maybe, possibly, yeah. right? Uh, you know, I think it's you know you you look that district has elected a district attorney to Congress, a couple of them. Yes. Every one of them. Yes. Yes, they <laughs> Keating, have. Keating, Delahunt, they were and both district attorneys. T- Tim Cruz also took the posi- uh, took the place of a, uh, of the Sullivan, who ended up being a U.S. attorney. Correct. So it has been a springboard for, for federal offices like that, for sure. It, it is a... Um, but with the district now having New Bedford be the largest area... Oh, it's kind of funny. Plymouth is catching up to New Bedford. Yeah. And you probably have higher voter turnout in Plymouth than you do in New Bedford. Um, probably. But... Again, I haven't looked at all the numbers yet, but I will because yes. I do think that if you if you're John Mitchell, he's got to be looking very seriously, not only at re-election, but at possibly Congress. Absolutely, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Oh, I'm Marcus Farrow, and Marcus, I'm Chris McCarthy. So, Marcus, um. I think the light guys were a great addition tonight. Oh, yeah, it was fun. They, um, I wasn't I, ready for the Omar joke. <laughs> no. That was good. So for people who don't, who don't know, the, the Wire was based out of Baltimore. 
and based on written by a newspaper reporter. Yes, who worked at Arthur Hirsch. Oh, yeah, they, he worked at the he worked at the Baltimore Sun, yes. right? Yeah, and yep. um, uh, David Simon, David Simon, yeah, David Simon, and um, it's yeah, it's placed in Baltimore. But season four, I think, is the one that's heavy into, or is it season five? That's heavy, no, it's season five that's really about like centered around like journalism in the Baltimore Sun, right? Yes, yeah, and um, that's the serial killer case, right? That's the one. Yeah, that's the, yeah. It gets a little crazy. That. Right, because what you hear about the wire is that it's it's the um, it's the most realistic police procedure drama. There police is. have told me that. Yeah, I, I when I was um, I was a criminal justice major at, at Bridgewater, and uh, my professor, who was a cop for a long time in um, in New York, had said it's the most realistic procedural police procedural drama out there, and that's still true. But when um, what's his name McNulty pretended to be a serial killer right. by desecrating the bodies of homeless men that right. were already dead. That right. was... <laughs> it was... It then got away with it. It jumped the shark. <laughs> it jumped the shark. It jumped the it shark. Ju- it, can we... All right, so for people who don't know what jump the shark means... I lived the shark jumping. I, you, you were around for the shark jumping. I, I lived it. So jump the shark is a term... Uh, because a uh, happy day... I remember the episode because he's watching Nick at Night all the time. Right. Episode of Happy Days where Fonzie, with his leather jacket on, wearing short shorts... Uh, ski jumps a great white shark. Yes, and they said that was the point where that classic TV show that won all those Emmys, uh, including uh, Henry Winkler, won a few Emmys, um, had passed the point where it was watchable or it had the same quality it did. So when you say jump the shark, when a show jumps the shark, it means it. Uh, you know, basically the writers have run out of juice. Right. It's yeah. gotten bizarre. It's gotten bizarre. And what, what you don't <laughs> yeah. know uh, probably is that. One of the original episodes of Happy Days, Fonzie jumps a bunch of barrels in in yes, the parking lot. That's right. So then later on, he replicates that jump yeah. over the Great Woods. It's shot. trying to recapture that magic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, in a in a very lame and ridiculous way. As Barry Manilow once said, "I'm trying to get the magic again." <laughs> yeah. You know, um, Ken Pittman, he has a Bon Jovi tribute band, but he also has a a Barry Manilow tribute act. A lot of people don't realize that, that Ken Pittman travels the country imitating uh, Barry Manilow. I did not know that. Yeah, you can ask him tomorrow when he's on. You should. Yeah, call up Ken Pittman. It should actually him. be the only thing you ask him about tomorrow when you call him. How he's a Barry Manilow tribute. <laughs> you tell him Marcus artist. and Chris said we should ask you about the Barry Manilow tribute. Ask him to sing Copacabana, Daybreak, Mandy. He does a great version of Mandy. He's a talented guy. He turns the lights down. He has a little explanation about where Mandy comes from, what it really means. Oh, it's beautiful. He's absolutely beautiful. Ken's a Renaissance man. He is. He is because um, he he's a private investigator during the week. He's a talk show host. He's right. a media personality, and he's also a, a Barry Manilow tribute artist, a world renowned yeah tribute artist for Bon Jovi and Barry Manilow. Real, I'm I'm dead serious about this. A real Renaissance man. He's trying to get that feeling again. <laughs> Daybreak. <laughs> oh, Mandy. So call call Ken. He'll be on tomorrow morning after the cabbie and ask him about it. Ask the cabbie about it, too. At the ask C- cabbie, Call too. in to Jess and ask her to sing songs for you as well. Um, so... Uh, I'm getting a I'm getting a email from our engineer uh, asking if we've heard any dead air. Uh, if you've heard dead air at all during the show, let me know. I don't think you did. I don't was, think so. No, it was during a 
I didn't even hear it during this time. I was listening to Howie Carr from 606 to 623, so I, I don't think so. But if you did, just let us know so we okay. know. Yeah. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, my friend. Uh, how's it going on? I, you know, I was thinking of you because I saw that um, that Tim Cruz is on OTR this weekend. The, uh, the, the, the Plymouth County DA. Should be interesting. Okay. Uh, Maybe it's not interesting. Yeah, you're on the air. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Again, uh, when is this uh, interview with the mayor going to be with Ted Nisi? I didn't get that. So it's um, so it's Sunday at ten o'clock on Fox Providence. Uh, You can at ten a.m. It's also at five thirty a.m. on Channel Twelve. Okay, Sunday. I got to write this down. Sunday, ten o'clock on Fox Providence. Yeah, um, t- that's what channel eleven. Eleven, yeah, channel eleven. Okay, all right, and that's Sunday at ten a.m. Right? Yep, yes. it's Sunday ten a.m. It's a it's it's a half hour interview. It's very good. Oh yeah, okay, okay, that's good. Next question: uh, Where are they going now with the next um, person who's going to represent New Bedford on the vote committee? Are they have any other people? Does he have any other people that he's? Thinking of proposing. Well, that's, that's a great. Question. We're going to have to ask him, and uh, I'm looking. I, I'd love to have him on to talk about it and i think maybe well i think he's out of i think he's in dc next week so maybe the week after mm-hmm. so i wonder if he would think about putting her back up again because mm-hmm. if derek baptiste shows up i think he would have enough votes uh to, no. to have enough votes to send it out of committee right so he'd have to he'd have to if he's if he's adamant about carol pimentel he'd have to wait until Either he's ha- he'd have to bank on on Councilor Burgo trying to whip another vote okay. uh, his way, or he'd have to bank on the whoever the new Ward Three City Councilor is going to be. That's the issue. To so to because Hugh Dunn would have voted for her. right. So stalling that stalling that appointment actually kept her off the uh, the, the the. It really did. Yeah, the stalling that appointment kept her off the uh, committee. That was an, it was an effective uh, maneuver. Yeah. Uh, but again, would she want to go through this again? I agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I you know. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to either because I I just think, um, particularly the stalling. It's one thing to not get voted on. Yeah. But over a principal position. I've been rejected. I got rejected for an appointment uh, in Fairhaven one time. I was uh, incredibly pissed off about it. <laughs> well, that's your character. That's well, yeah, your character. Think- <laughs> I was incredible. I ended up. I ended up correcting that. Um, but I was incredibly pissed off about it. Well, maybe if the mayor come up, could come up with a fresh face or something like that, somebody that maybe the, the councilors would could you know agree upon, which wouldn't put heat on uh, Mr. Pimentel again, Ms. Pimentel again, you know that sort of stuff. You know. Yeah, I would. I, but here's the thing. Okay. The person he's going to pick is going to agree with him on the admissions policy, right? Oh, I, I understand that, but it may, maybe somebody that's a little bit more palpable. Uh, what was the term uh, one of the counselors used? A younger person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't um, know, you know, but uh, you know, some, you know, something to try to get your point across and yet not have as much heat about the whole thing, you know, that sort of stuff. I, you know, I, you know, what, what, what can I say? You know. Well, I wonder if. And I'm not going to slight the mayor here, but no. I wonder if the next person he puts up, if he'll put a full court press to get them on the board, you know? In other words, use his charisma on the individual councils to get a positive vote, as opposed to just putting it up and assuming that they'll cast um, the positive vote based on a solid resume. 
Well, is it illegal for him to talk to counsel? Not at all. This? Not okay. at all. I, that's what I would try to do. I try to find. Look, I got this person. Can you support this person? Right. And and try to do it in, in that manner. And so you'll have somebody on there for everything. If you wait until the next election, when is that going to be? February what? Before you get a counselor for more than three. It's February twenty twenty eighth is the so and the very the very last day in February would be when award three council so the next day March first would be the next unless yeah, it's a leap that's year. that's a long time not to have any yeah. representation. Right. I would think you know that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, hey, uh, you know, I, I think the mayor's got his point on this one, um, and yeah, you don't want to get into litigation. Right. And uh, you know, yeah, hopefully, uh, cooler heads will. What's the chances of the mayor and and the city council president talking. Jeez. I mean, really talking. I mean, so Lin an adult conversation. Linda said today on Tim's show that that the that the uh, reporting of their lack of communication over two years. She basically said the mayor was lying. She called the mayor a liar. <laughs> right. uh, she yes, said right. that it's been, and then she's also said it's been sensationalized by the media. But I mean, if someone, if the you know, if the elected mayor of the city is telling us something. We're going to react to it, right? We're, you know, but. I think it's in. It's obviously in both of their interests. Yeah. Public she did, image. She did say that they to get they, together. She did say that they have their weekly meeting because oh, the they council do have a weekly meeting. They do have a weekly meeting as as is tradition for the mayor and the council president. So she said they are going to to speak. But she also has said previously that you know there is a, they have a strained relationship and mm -hmm. that they're going to have to iron that out. Yeah. I noticed she came on with uh, uh, Councilor Markey. Is that going to be her uh, modus operandi now when she comes on? Not alone, but she'll have another counselor with her? It sounds like it, because next week she has Burgo with her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, what I'm hoping she doesn't do like she did today is uh, turn, turn Council Markey into a meat shield for the, uh, for the, for the pay raise amendments. <laughs> I mean, she did. She, he was there to catch she, Aaron. I mean, I mean, I mean, a hard, I mean, just the, uh, a, a Shaquille O'Neal level pivot to, to, to Brad Markey when Tim asked about the pay raises. I mean, immediately off the bat, it's her interview, it's her segment, and Tim asked the very first question about the thing that was very controversial, and she goes, Brad, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Brad oh, should have seen to it To talk about this is Brad Markey. <laughs> yeah. Come Ward on one, down. Come Ward on down. one counselor, Brad Markey, who's on the ballot. He has something to say about it. That's right. basically what she said. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it looks like a rough road ahead, I guess. But It, uh, might, it might be. You know, uh, hopefully uh, things can change. As far as uh, being a, uh, a congressman, I don't think that will happen for the mayor unless uh, your friend, um, you know, Mr. Keating decides to retire. Well, he's going to retire. Gonna. Oh, he, he is. Marcus, tell him what you know. Yeah, so Keating, uh, when I had my Saturday show, uh, it was actually, was it earlier last year, early in the spring, during this whole redistricting fight with Auchincloss, he had said to me, Marcus, I'm not going to be here for the next 10, because it's a 10-year, you know, the district is 10 years. Marcus, I'm not going to be here for the next 10 years. And then he said, went further to say, I'm probably not even going to be here for the majority of the next 10 years. So, And that, that was four years ago. And that was... Oh, three years ago. Two years ago. That was a year ago. Yeah. It was a year ago. So it would be... So that the major, so if they're two year terms, that would be two terms. I would probably say he, I would say if he's if he's you know if he holds to that, which he doesn't have to, um, it would be the next he'd have a term or two left after this one. 
so he, he might. When does he have to run again? Uh, he has to run again in twenty. Uh, he has to run again in twenty twenty four. But then he'll, you know, if he runs, he's probably, you know, very, very, very likely going to get reelected. And then that would be either his, based on what he told me and what he told other reporters. I knew he told other other reporters this. Uh, he either either it's going to be. Um, that would be his last term, or he'd have one more term based on what he said. Well, okay, you're talking four years or two years, right? Right, basically. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, uh, if, uh, again, I think, yeah, if he runs again, he'll get uh, re- re-elected. Probably I think so. Yeah. I would In think so, In spite yeah. of the bridge problem, which I don't hold him entirely, possibly, I mean, the, you know, the Cape Bridge. Yeah, it was not a good I, look. I, I, I don't know how, it's it's not explainable. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not. It's not. It's Listen, not. the guy's my friend. I, yep. I support him. He's I cross the aisle to vote for him. I, I, but it's I, a yes. real. It was a. Big, I will always a dropped uh, ball. I really. will always well, support Congressman Keating, but that was well, not good. Well, again, I don't think it's just his own thing. I think it's something that the whole Massachusetts delegation. I agree. Behind. Yeah. You know, you're in a democratic state, highly democratic. Uh, fixing those bridges is good for the economy, not only of the Cape, but of for the rest of the state with the money that you're going to get with uh, tourism and people going down there. The chairman of Ways and Means is a couple districts away. I mean, yeah. it should not have happened. Yeah. What is it, clock, is it? No, well, uh, no, no, uh, no. The 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 chairman of um, the chairman of uh, he was too busy with Trump's taxes to get no, us a bridge. Oh, oh, you're talking about Richard Neal? You know yeah. what's funny? Yeah, Richard, Richard Neal did a fund. Richard Neal though did a fundraiser with Bill Keating in uh, in Harwich this year. So he was on the Cape. Uh, it, the whole thing just doesn't because yeah. it doesn't. It's not just Keating. It's the entire Massachusetts delegation that would, that would have an interest in fixing that bridge. Absolutely, it's a regional every, issue. It's, 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 it's a no-brainer, as they say. Yeah. Right, it's a right, no-brainer. right. Hey, we we, uh, we got some calls on the line. We got to right, take a break, so we'll Thank be right you, back. Keep on, keep it on. We'll keep you. We'll talk to you Monday. Okay, bye bye. Download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. Did you know you can Ryan Seacrest? First responders are people who stand for a greater purpose. They will be there for you when nobody else is, to help you, your family, your community. This is their selfless promise. This is their sworn duty to protect, to serve, to help. They put themselves in harm's way for us. They come to the rescue at times when we need them most. First responders are making enormous personal sacrifices to keep showing up for us and fighting the good fight. Nearly 70% of all firefighters are volunteers. That means when they get injured or quarantined, they may not have a way to pay their rent or keep their family safe and fed. No matter who you are or where you live, when you call 911 and ask for help, first responders show up now. Let's show up for the people who show up for us every day and every night. Go to firstrcf.org and make a difference today. The voices in the night that cover the news of the day. I heard the voices too. Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. More of South Coast Tonight happens now on WBSM. 508-996-0500. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, hey what's up, Kelly? <laughs> I wasn't going to call in. I was listening to you guys, but uh, I'm glad you picked up that on uh, the way she always turned to Marky. <laughs> I wish he had picked up on it. <laughs> well, see, listen. She talks from both sides of her mouth. Okay? This is unbelievable. She's trying to put the blame on everybody else and everything. I mean, Including if us. I remember correctly, a couple of years ago when she ran for, uh, she was going to run for mayor and stick out papers for mayor, 
constantly lodged like she was. Then she even took papers out for uh, Water One. And right. Mark, he was holding the seat. So in my book, when somebody does that, it's telling the people that Marky wasn't doing his job. You know, she's yeah. already got a seat on consulate. So I see the way. And he I mean, almost lost the last time around. Uh, 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 what's his name? Leo came within 40 votes of, 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 of knocking him out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, she's got them people buffaloed in him. And yes, uh, somebody called on Tim's show today, I think it was where he said that, and, and Tim asked him, a gentleman called in and said that they, the city council needs parental guidance. <laughs> I heard that. Adult supervision. Well, he said, huh? Yeah, because that was the first time the guy's been in. in uh, Tim asked him, have you been to a city council? Since oh, yeah, the gentleman, he's retired now. Yeah, now he's, he went the other night, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it was ridiculous the way she ran that meeting. Ridiculous, completely ridiculous. It's, it's, and Giving them people that raise, that, that amount of, you know that the, uh, the um, animal control, he'd be making more than the mayor if he got that raise. It's outrageous. Isn't it outrageous? Unfortunately, it was a pretty decent pay package, um, but now it's been tarnished. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately, and you brought it up the other night, Kelly, about paying the city, paying the school committee members, which yeah, I, I, I support. I spoke at the city council at the school committee meeting and mentioned that. Yeah, I support that idea. Um, it was tradition not to, and, and a point of pride, but I think time, times have obviously changed. But unfortunately, yeah. because of what the city council just did, you have a very hard time getting any kind of reasonable pay through. Quite frankly, I think the city council should probably be paid a little more. Yeah. But good luck trying to pass that now. Yeah, exactly. Listen, they try to pass, when they pass that 44% raise for themselves, they try to hide it. Right. Okay? They try to hide it, and they got caught. I mean, I, I agree with you. They deserve There's a lot of work there. They do. Mm-hmm. But between the school committee and... And, uh, and Linda does a lot of work. I mean, yeah. you know, unfortunately, she... Let some of her personal problems with people interfere, I think. Um, she takes things a little too personal. Maybe, but that, you know, that's her and that's fine. But um, she um, she does a lot of work, no doubt about it. She put all that information together for that council. Yeah. Listen, listen, Linda, I worked for Linda's campaign for nine years, sure. nine and a half years. So I know the ins and outs with her. I mean, she's, she's attacked everybody in that city council. Maria Giesta. <laughs> Brian Gomes, Marky, everybody, Naomi Connie, she attacked everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? She just looks all for herself. That's that's the part that don't I don't understand. And like I said, the reason she's mad at the mayor and mad at Ian because Ian got more votes from for he got the number one thing of votes wise, and the mayor beat her in the wrong ward when she ran when they ran for mayor. Back in the, uh, um, 2011. So, so Gilly, you, you follow the city council. Do you yeah. think she's going to not give anybody committee assignments or chairmanships? She wouldn't answer today on Tim's show. And I, I, I respect no, her. But, but I'm going to tell you something that I know, and you know I wouldn't say it if I didn't. Ian tried to get a hold of her to talk to her about the, um, uh, whatever it is, the... Um, Finance I want committee. to take the market. Finance. Yeah. She never got back to him. Yeah. Never got back to him. And you know, Ian doesn't like to, you know, he doesn't, he's not going to spread that out. Yeah. 
It's true. I, I know that as well. She, she avoided him like the plague. She didn't yeah. even clap for him when Maria made that. Gilly, we gotta we gotta hold you there because we gotta yeah, take this break. Hey, have a good weekend. We appreciate we'll it. Have a good weekend. The WBSM app is everything. Welcome back. We're just finishing out finishing out the week. So Marcus did some great stuff at WBSM.com. Uh yeah. I mean you you know one of the things, folks, you if you if, if you're behind the lay of the land a little bit, it wouldn't it doesn't take you long. Just go on. Check out Marcus's columns. Check out the other news stories that we have from Kate and Tim. And then, of course, uh, the Bass. Yes. Adam Bass. Um, and his Twitter account. He's got pictures from last night. Um, we're even wondering who someone was in the crowd. What? Oh, he, yeah. We're wondering yeah, yeah. who that someone was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he did get some really good pictures. There's the, the sign holder there. Right. It's, it's, it's pretty... It was. I mean, again, it just again shows you the 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 reach and the impact that the local media is having here. You know, the, the other thing that's coming up, Marcus, that people should start paying attention to, is the um, community preservation funds. The um, the tax you pay when you sell your property in New Bedford, three percent of the sale. Yeah. Your exit fee goes to the city. It's matched by the state. It's a very interesting program. Yeah. That money is then used for a variety of projects that are voted on. Those yeah. applications are coming due. They're, they've already been put in. You can review them online at w, at, at the uh, City Hall website. But I think some folks would be very interested to see where their money is going. Yeah, I think that's something that we, sh- we should probably... Uh, There'll be a community um, presentation. Yeah, I, I think that'll be something that we can we can cover a lot more. We have a lot... Now that we have the airtime, and, and I, I, think this, I think this is the perfect space for it. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll definitely do that. And it'd be helpful if people go on and start to get familiar with some of these applications. I think it'd be... A, I mean, one of the things they're going to they're gonna fund is some of the artwork in the city. Yes. There's a lot of really interesting projects to take a look at. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot. Of, I, I sat on the CPC committee in Fairhaven for a while, and they, uh, you know, we funded a lot of good stuff during that time, and I know they continue to do so. I, I frankly, I had a bit more of a um, laissez-faire. Laissez-faire, I yes. think, would be the word. Laissez-faire uh, position on how that money should have been allocated, right. but still, they still do a good job funding a lot of projects with the CPC. We're nearing the end of the hour, Chris. Next week we got a great show. Tom, Ho- I mean, we got great five shows for you. Tom Hoy, uh, registered probate, is going to be joining us uh, on Monday. Hopefully uh, he brings ice cream. Hopefully he brings ice cream. He's probably calling in. Hopefully there's a mechanism. He owns a Star Driving. For the, those folks who don't know that. Hopefully there's a mechanism in which you can um, deliver.